You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined by my faithful co-host, Nate Christian, Chevy Nooney, and Phil Portman Simmons. Gentlemen, how are we this evening? You're doing you great. Know, you know, I, I think Mike was a big uh, fan of the Glizzy hot dog, you know. <laughs> and the beer, yeah. I yeah, saw the, beer, the Glizzy straw. It is, but I saw it and I had to use it. Yeah, that's, that was weird. <laughs> What's better? Ooh. Beers and dogs. Yeah, I want to try that. What is I'm it? not trying it. First of all, Nate, you need a strong behind straw to push the straw through between a hot dog. Hey, my Wait. wife's got glass straws, so we're Gucci. Yep. Same Yeah, we're dumb yeah. fancy. And it has like these stainless steel straws. Yeah, stainless steel too. Yeah, cool. work. Oh, y'all got these freaking strong straws. I got the little flimsy bendy boys. Yeah. <laughs> Silicone? The bendy daddies. Uh-huh. Plastic. Listen, buddy. Wow, you're killing the earth, man. If you got a bendy boy and we're all rigid over here, you might want to go get hymns. <laughs> Oh, Not a sponsor. Yo. New sponsor of the Dynasty Rewind. Glizzy <laughs> Dogs. Get Roman.com. All right. They will take you and your fantasy team <laughs> from flaccid to rigid. Just like if you are a contending team in season, we're going to tell you some strategy because guess what, chicken butt? You can't just set a lineup every week and expect to win it all. It just doesn't work like that. Phil, do we have a problem? I have no problem. I'm just laughing at you today. <laughs> just Pretty making sure. So, obviously, much like the rebuilding strategy, you need to know where your team is at from a competitive standpoint. Are you really good enough to bring it home? Do you need to do a slight retool? Are you just kind of a middling playoff team? You need to know. Do you have to wait a few weeks? You know, what makes your team different from one that's in the middle? Or is your league really jam-packed? You know, is it is it like one of those log jam leagues, my favorite, where everyone's really close and it's coming down to the last week? That to me is the best league to be in. I hate when you have like one team that no one's ever beating that team, and then the rest is just garbage. You always got to hate that. So, um, let's look at first of all, how do we know if we're contending and what are some strategies? Nate, let's start with you. Yeah, so I start looking at this week after week four. That's when you start really, really starting to look at this stuff, and I think you need to make a decision. If you go back to the uh, the rebuilding episode, you need to make a decision or if you're a contender or a rebuilder by like week six or week seven. Mm-hmm. Because by that point, you're, you're, you kind of know where your team stands along with the other teams. You've seen your team go up and down a little bit. You might have already had some injuries or seen some other team have some injuries. So you got to make your decision by about then. How do you make your decision? You look at your points scored. You look at your win-loss, of course. And look at your potential points. And you kind of look at all three of those things and how, how those go together. You know, points scored. If you have a lot of points scored, but you have more losses than you kind of think that you should have had, it's just dumb luck. That's all it is, man. It's just dumb luck. So you keep yeah. going forward. If you don't have a lot of points scored, you don't have a lot of wins, you know, you you know you're you're going to rebuild. If you don't have a lot of points scored, kind of like middling, but you have a lot of, of wins. You go for that because you're already ahead. And at that point, all you all you got to do is stay ahead. You don't have to keep, 
you know, winning a, a lot of the games that you would have lost. You just got to win enough games to stay ahead. You know, if, if you're already up there, the top two or three stay there. And then you look at potential points, because if your potential points is a lot higher than your point score, you need to go find somebody to listen to for setting a lineup because <laughs> you're not a good lineup setter. And that's me. I'm not good at setting lineups. First to admit it, I hate setting lineups. I overthink so if you, everything. If, if you suck at setting setting lineups, you got to go find some help. And you figure that, that out works. by looking at potential points versus points scored. And if you just suck at setting a lineup, you can fix that. But if your point scored is you're basically pretty close to your potential points and you're still not doing well, that's kind of what your team's stuck with. Nate, I agree with the setting lineup thing. I overthink everything. I just, mm-hmm. oh, every single roster spot, I overthink it. And I end up screwing myself over in the long run. Um, yep. But great stuff from Nate, like always. So let's move on. Chev, what about yourself? I think yours and mine are going to tie in a little bit together, but go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, and if you're a true contender, if you're a top three team in your league, you think you have a chance to actually win your championship, I think you should consider trading your first-round pick to upgrade at a position. I mean, your pick is most likely going to be later in the draft. In my opinion, those are easier to attain uh, in the offseason. It's not like you're going for a top-three pick. You're going for uh, 10 through 12 most likely. But i rather give myself a chance to win the championship than take a lottery pick um, in the next year's following draft. I'd much rather get a guy that has proven himself. You're not trading for a guy that you really hope he just has a great week. You're looking for a guy that has value every single game, a guy that's going to have a lot of targets, a guy that you know is going to get carries, a guy that you know is a tight end that is one of his top two options in that offense. You're not trading for a guy that you really hope he has a, a lottery ticket week where you play him just in, in hope that he scores 40 points. That's not what you're looking for when you're trading your first-round pick here. You're looking for guys that have solidified themselves as a top fantasy football player at their position. And I think, for me, that's really given me a lot of success just because I'm building my team up with players that I know who are going to be really good rather than really hoping to find a guy in the draft that could hit or he could be a bust. So that's that's probably my best my best advice I can give any contending team. Don't be afraid to trade your first-round pick because you can get it back, and it only solidifies your team a little bit more for that championship run. Yeah. And it's a good point, too. You know, we obviously know the rookie draft is, is a lottery, like you said. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with being a bad team or a middling team the next year to win five hundred dollars yeah to mm-hmm. pay for the league for the next five years or whatever it yep. might be i'm completely mm-hmm. fine with that and if you're savvy enough to win you're savvy enough to rebuild your team and go back and listen to our previous episode so Bang. you know i definitely have no problem with that and you know live in the now sometimes you got to do so mm-hmm. um okay let's move on pork mr stacked mr <laughs> stainless steel bendy pork <laughs> <laughs> Deeper, bronze ending copper bronze, cast iron bronze age cast, cast iron <laughs> all right so so mine is uh, pretty much if you know how your team is stacked from from you know just your regular lineup going into the playoffs and you know you know everybody this is what you're going to go with and you look at your bench and you have hella depth down there you can make it work um so if that's the case 
if you have that depth and you don't want to, if you want to prepare for the next season, you might have like an older team. I would try to move some of them depth pieces for uh, 2023 picks or 24 picks. Um, so you're not trying to mortgage mortgage the future to try to win just this year um, in some cases. I know everybody team isn't stacked like that. I know Zach always talks about his teams is stacked from A to Z. And sometimes, you know, everybody's team can't be that way. Yeah, Mike, but that's okay. when, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when <it> comes, <laughs> see, it wasn't me this time. Hold on, Zach. Here's the thing about Zach. Zach is that guy that will just badger everybody in the chat until somebody does something, and people will trade with him so he shuts the fuck up. I'm so, I'm being. <laughs> but but it, it, but the thing is, like, so he some he just gets the best player in the trade. So I mean, if that's his tactic, I mean, good for him. He went to money. He does. He doesn't just, stop. Just One time, I told him I was going to bed, and he's like, "You are not going to bed until we finish this trade." And I'm like, "Then Excuse this me? be quick, yeah. <laughs> be quick." But I got Debo Samuel, so I was pretty happy with that. Right. So, but if if you can try not to, you don't mortgage your starting lineup. But if you have good depth on your bench, try not. You know, you can trade some of those players just for future picks. Or another young player um, that's on on that on the opposing team. So I, I would just say, you know, don't totally. If you have a big team like that, don't mortgage the future uh, totally. Just try to, you know, retool like we were saying before. And you could even like, you know, you could move your first round pick to, you know, make sure your lineup is stacked. But then also use your depth, you know, acquire maybe, you know, maybe an extra second or. Or two. A second, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you're still, you know, going all in. You're still contending, but you're also, you know, keeping an eye on the future. I like it. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And that kind of ties into mine, too. I'm not afraid to move future draft capital to acquire assets, but I think we need to temper our expectations with what a win-now asset could be because you can also acquire win-now assets, but keep your team stacked for a while. I feel like win-now people automatically assume aging. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, guys that have been in the league a little bit longer. But, you know, you could do that, too. You could still win now with players like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Now, obviously, these guys are going to cost you a little bit more. So you have to make big moves to do it. Okay, but if you're acquiring these win now players and you're giving up that future draft capital, do it your team is still going to be set in the future. Mm -hmm. And if you don't win the championship, these are guys that are going to get you a higher return than a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae. Well, Devontae Adams, I think, is still going to be pretty valuable for a few years, but you can understand my thought process here, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, don't just go after Travis Kelsey. Don't just go after Aaron Rodgers. I know I keep coming back to him, but he seems to be a prime example of a win now guy, you know, go after a younger guy. Like if you need a good tight end, go after TJ Hawkinson, as long as he's still healthy in that point in the year, go after Pat Farmuth. You know what I mean? Go after a guy like Dallas Goddard, go after a young, but still proven talent that if you, that you don't win this year and you have to retool a little bit, get you a good return. Or if you win it, you're still going to be set for years to come. So Jalen hurts right. is what you're saying. I would not. Yep. No. Absolutely. No. That's what you're saying. Listen, okay. he's the third best quarterback in his division. Okay. So I wouldn't even. Who's ahead I'm of just him? Just let you talk. Dak Prescott, yeah. Prescott and Carson Wentz. Oh. 
I, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm an Eagles fan, but I love pissing Eagles fans off because it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, you just pissed me off. You just it's, gave me aneurysms. I was gonna compliment you on your Rocco's Modern Life shirt, which I love, by the way. So if, you if so you're not much. watching, you should though subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, Phil's rocking a Rocco's Modern Life shirt, which if you're a little nice. bit younger, was an awesome cartoon from when we were younger. So very rewindish. He rewind in time right there. It is. Yes. I loved that show my favorite character was actually filbert the neurotic turtle filbert didn't... <laughs> it's, it's like why are you the most ridiculous so, um okay you know let's just um let's have a quick discussion here what do you do if you lose one of your best players to an injury which obviously injuries unfortunately happen although i will say i really knock wood here we haven't seen a lot of the preseason injuries that we have in the past maybe they're on something with these joint practices less game time in the preseason, you know, let the backups play and establish themselves, keep the guy health guys healthy running into the season. Um, so it's been a good thing so far, but what do we do if we lose a guy, you know, a top five to 10 guy at their position, like a Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, guys like that. What do we do then? You know, to be quite honest, if you lose one of those guys and you think your season's over, then your team was never really a contender in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. If you're um, if you're coming into the season a contender, you should have the depth to be able to you know take that one on the chin and keep keep moving on. Right. How much depth do you there. guys think we actually need? Like, if if we're talking about running backs, are you looking at if you have three running backs, you're good, or you maybe you need a couple more than that? You think four or five? Uh, my, my philosophy on running backs is no matter how many you have, you always need a running back. Chev, this actually really ties into our last episode when you're saying being active on the waiver wire. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. especially important with the running back position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you just, you oh, see, sure. I mean, look at last year, you know, when James Robinson broke out, or that was two years ago now, it was supposed to be Leonard Fournette. And then Ryquel Armstead got COVID. And then it was James Robinson show. So you really have to be on it. I mean, the same thing could happen to your roster in the blink of an eye in one week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I think honestly, to be good, you want to go into the season with at least four decent running backs and you could figure it out from there. And I know that Mm -hmm. to figure it out from there is not the best, but you can make moves. You can work the waiver wire. Yeah. I mean, even if you had a, had to go get a Rex Burkhead last season. Like at the end of the year, he played well. I mean, that's yeah, a guy yeah, you could have got and played and probably won you a week. I mean, I think he had a couple of yep. 20 point games that were very helpful for teams that didn't have a running back. So I'm right there with you. I just think it, it kind of comes down to what your league roster or league starting is just because, I mean, if you have to start three wide receivers, I mean, you got to be a little bit more stacked there. And in, in my opinion, to be mm-hmm. a little bit right. more competitive. So but yeah, I mean, if you lost one of these guys and this dooms your season, then you're not in the best position, like Nate said. You mm-hmm. got to have that depth, I feel like, to be a real contender in these leagues, especially like Mike was saying earlier. There's leagues where guys are at the top and then there's guys that are at the bottom because they're just stacked and they're not stacked. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not stacked, you ain't going to be a champion. Yeah. Yep. And I think there's, you know, when you ask like, oh, how many running backs do I need? Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. I like to say you need four RB threes or better, you know, something like that. Like that's like the minimum to be a contender. But if you have CMC and Jonathan Taylor as your running back one and two, you only need like a decent RB 
three for your team, if you don't have a great RB four, you're still going to be a contending team. Yeah. You know, like, um, and, and you can still take one of those injuries on the chin because you have, you know, such a running back at such a high level on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of hard to say, but you got to look at it and, you know, you want to make sure that you can fill in with players who are going to have a similar level of production. Mm-hmm. That's why I think I like to build my teams around wide receivers because they're a lot easier to fill in, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they are. And I think there's just so cool. much talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I agree. And I think it's more quality over quantity as well. And when, when like you ask a question like that, because you can have three or four running backs in your team, but if they ain't worth crap, they're not going to give you no fancy production. You gotta, you know, you gotta work that waiver wire, like you said, Chev, and mm-hmm. and and get those quality guys. You really gotta pay attention. I mean. We, you know, we take fantasy serious. It is a game, but you really got to like see who was getting the touches. Um, even if it's somebody um, who's spelling the starting running back, like, hey, he's getting touches. There's a reason why. So if this guy gets hurt, mm-hmm. you might want to pick him up just in case. Yeah. And I yeah. think uh, one mistake to avoid is just don't, if you're trying to contend, don't overpay for anything. Please. Don't. You know, like, don't just dump everything on one guy and have nothing for the future. And I, yeah. I kind of brought that up with a buddy the other day. He asked, what would it take to get Jamar Chase on a roster? And it's I thought right. about it, and I'm like, yeah. it really honestly just depends what the owner wants to do with him. The owner could say, I want five first-round picks and <laughs> T. Higgins. I mean, that's what you got to pay. <laughs> I, for these top players, I really can't give you an estimation because everybody values them differently at this point. Like Justin Jefferson – I mean, you're not getting that guy off my roster. I've, I'm too invested emotionally, physically, <laughs> mentally. I mean, I, it's just all there. So I, I, asking those questions, I feel like it's very hard to gauge the value on these top guys, really. Yeah, I mean, those top guys, like you say, like minimum, I went three firsts. If you have three firsts, you're like you're wasting your time sending them over for Jamar Chase. Yeah. Right. You know, you're going to do much better with three firsts. So just because the point where, you know, those guys are kind of untradeable. Mm-hmm. unless they're part of a huge package or someone's willing to move off of them for, you know, cheap. Yeah. And I hate those trades that, you know, you got to like write it down and draw lines like, okay, this guy's <laughs> better than this guy. So I win this side. You know what I mean? Like I had somebody in our Instagram DMS asking me a question. Like, what do you think of this trade? I literally wrote it down on a piece of paper and I'm like, you know, the meme where, uh, Charlie Day, he's got yeah. all the lines. I'm like, that's what I felt like doing it. And I was like, I guess this this side wins. He's like, oh, good, that's the side I'm on. I'm like, great. So, um, all right, do you guys have anything else to add before we head out? I'm, I just want to echo what everyone else has said. I haven't really said it yet, but the whole Weaver Wire thing. I won a championship uh, two, two, three years ago with Brishaw Perryman. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did not because I went up against the Drew Brees-Michael Thomas stack that game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes uh, Brashad Perryman did have a really good game that game I believe so um yeah stay active and if you do have fab this is another good thing to do save some fab to the end of the season and that's another reason Please why do. I always ask for fab in the trades because if you're at zero and you need to pick up a player nobody's willing to make a move or you're past your trade deadline screwed yep you're screwed. Yeah. So say something because uh, a buddy of mine, he's like, oh, I get rid of my fab as soon as I can. I'm like, okay. Mike's like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. Right. Just trade it all to me right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fantastic. So does anyone else have anything else before we head out? 
Go win some championships. That's what I said. Yes, sir. Bring home them ships and a Rocco's Modern Life t-shirt. So, all right. Fantastic. So until next time, everybody, make sure you head on over to Underdog Fantasy. Play the best best ball out there. Use promo code Rewind. 100% match up to $100. The SeatGeek, more than just sporting events, we do concerts and stuff, too. It's actually a really nice website. Go check it out. Use the promo code Dynasty Rewind. $20 off your first purchase. And you could also join the greatest community in all of fantasy football. Become a rewinder today. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. $1 tier gets you in our Discord group chat, which is always popping. $5 tier gets you rankings, written content, and bonus podcasts. And make sure you can get the best swag on the planet. Readingglobal.com. Use promo code Rewind for 10% off all Dynasty Rewind merch. For Pork, Chev, and Nate, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, everyone, be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening.